0: a home opening a successful business people are you ready meet your personal coach and trusted attorney andrew lee get ready for leave on the loose who will help you get started in building your real estate empire Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. You're a player. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee. Welcome to the Leebcast. On today's show, I have such fascinating, amazing, brilliant, I'm just elated, news for landlords. The Office of Court Administration is saying we can start residential evictions. We have our expert, Leslie Mendoza, from my law firm, Lebet Law. We call her the encyclopedia. She'll be right with us.
1: This episode has been brought to you by the Bryn Elliott team of Douglas Elliman Real Estate.
0: Lauren, I was talking to this reporter from Newsday who was asking me about new laws that were happening in Smithtown. And I was going back and forth with him. And we, I don't know, somehow the conversation devolved into, I keep saying this, I feel terrible or whoever the next president is, whether it's Biden or Trump, yeah. like everyone's like my guy, my guy, my guy. And that guy, no matter who it is, he's going to be blamed for a major recession. And the guy from Newsday, the reporter I was talking to was like befuddled on what I was saying. <laughs> he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And I'm like, guy, there was an article. He didn't even know this in Newsday that said one in 10, I think Maura McDermott wrote it, my friend, um, one in 10 people are behind on their mortgage. And I've been telling you all for a long time, Lauren, you've been telling everyone, that that's 10% of people behind on their mortgage. That sets aside all the people that haven't paid their rent. And at some point in the very near future, We're going to find out. You know what we're going to find out? We're going to find out that there's a major housing crisis going on. And right now, everyone's saying, ooh, I want to go buy real estate. I want to buy real estate. And I'm all for buying real estate. We're doing something like five closings a day, like booming and buying and selling right now. But the smarter people are the ones selling, not the ones buying. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Why? It's very appealing when you're going to blocks to go buy a house. And you're like, I'm moving out of the city. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to go buy a house. But imagine that same block that Has nice lawns, has everyone taking care of their shutters and their paint. Imagine one out of every 10, and I'm guessing it's more when you get into the rentals too, have boards on the walls because they've just been foreclosed upon. And
1: there's pipes on the lawn
0: and and the grass is like over your head with ticks everywhere, I'm thinking that your desire to go by on that block is going to be very different. And people keep saying to me, but you don't know what you're talking about. There is no, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it because people, particularly, 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 particularly in today's age, people don't care about what experts say. The experts are the elites. We don't listen to them. We don't know nothing. I see it with my own two eyes. I got two eyes and I can see it. And if I can't see it, it's not true.
1: So there's this big thing about having a stigma of having the media has an agenda.
0: We don't well, I have an agenda. No, I do have an agenda. No, I do. I do have an agenda. Here's my agenda to let you all know how current events are going to affect business and real estate. And I'm telling you right now, I have a very clear agenda. I put it out there. That's what's going on. All right, you
1: don't have a political agenda.
0: Oh, I couldn't care less about politics. The guy from Newsday actually said to me when I was on the phone, when I was interviewed by him, he goes to me, why don't you call... Smithtown, they were doing this local code about foreclosures. And he goes, why don't you call him and tell him what's wrong with it? And I go, because I don't care. <laughs> and they go, wouldn't that be like your civic duty? That's what he's asking me. And I'm like, I'm not a politician. I'm not a assemblyman. I'm not a senator. I'm not a town councilman. I am not an elected official. I that's not what I do. Like it's, That would be like me saying that I'm driving by the car dealer and I saw some dirty cars, so I went and, went and washed them. Like That's just not what I go do. Like, you do. You stay in your lane, so I stay in my lane. But here's my lane. Ready? Maura McDermott, again, from Newsday, wrote that 1 in 10 people in Long Island are behind on their mortgage. And people don't see it with their own eyes. They don't believe this stuff, although it's true. And so what's happening right now is our economy is artificially propped up. It's artificially propped up in a lot of different ways, whether it's McConnell saying he's going to do 500 billion or Nancy saying she wants trillions or Trump say go big or get rid of the whole stimulus thing, stimulus, shmimless. it's propped up forgetting getting the stimuluses. Let's assume there is no stimulus. It's still propped up. Do you know why it's still propped up? Because they're not letting people foreclose or do evictions. That's what's people been happening. People are living
1: on free money right now because of it. Like they, They're not paying their rents. They're not paying their mortgages.
0: Well, I kind of lied, Lauren. They weren't letting people do evictions. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Here comes the eviction tsunami. And I brought on a special friend, a colleague of mine over at Libet Law, Leslie Mendoza, and we call her the Encyclopedia. That's her nickname. <laughs> I have this gal. Like, you can t- tell s- someone on the phone, you're talking to them, and you're like, I read a law that says this, and you have Leslie texting you. Here's the section and paragraph of what that law says. She, she's like an encyclopedia. And right now, there is a federal CDC moratorium. There's a Fannie. There's a Freddie. There's executive order moratoriums. There's Office of Court Administration. I can't keep track of it. Like, I'm pretty good at this stuff, but it's overwhelming to me. But I have the encyclopedia that works with me. So I said, Leslie, I need to get you on the line because I'm frustrated. Lauren, are you frustrated? Oh, yeah. We're landlords. And we want these tenants to pay their freaking bills. And so we want them to pay. And they keep going, well, nanny, nanny, poo, poo, you can't evict me. And we've been telling you on the commercial front, that's not a big issue whatsoever. Why is that not a big issue? Because when you're dealing with real numbers, like and when I say real numbers, I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, just sue them in Supreme Court. And if you have a personal guarantee, keep it for 20 years and go after them that way. And you go going for a money damage rather than the eviction to backtrack. There's two routes to deal with a tenant. One is to evict them. You get a warrant of eviction, a judgment of possession, and you have a sheriff rip them out by their ears from your house. The other one is to say the lease is just a contract and you breach the contract, so you owe me the money. And while you might be able to do some owing of the money in an eviction proceeding, there's limitations of the amount of money you can get in a judgment in an eviction proceeding. So when we're dealing with the money, you're really talking about what's called a plenary action. And none of these, none, zero, zero of these moratoriums, the Fannie, the Freddie, the CDC, the none of them deal with a moratorium on suing on the lease. And we have so many lawsuits going on suing on the lease right now. I can't even count them. But when you're dealing with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that own a little house or they have an accessory apartment and they're renting it out. They're not going to sue. Most of these people aren't going to sue because what's the rent? Two grand, fifteen hundred. You're not going to spend ten thousand to get one thousand. It's just crazy talk.
1: It's not like seven hundred dollars.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so that's why I have Leslie on. Okay. Leslie. Leslie is actually. She was just fighting with one of our clients. It was kind of interesting. I was reading her email I, when she. When I told her I was going to have her on, she was like, "I was like, you, you mad at me for having you on? She, she's understated, Ele, understated, elegant. Leslie, that's who she is. And she, she, um, no, she's like, I'm mad because the guy just doesn't understand." And so you say to me, how much is it going to cost? And she was fighting with him. Why was she fighting with him? Because he wants her to rip the other side's throat out. And she's saying, well, your lease actually says I have to give these notices before I rip his throat out. And if I don't give these notices before I rip his throat out, you're going to lose the case. So what is the lease? The lease is the rule book. And so you say, how much is it going to cost? Well, if your lease requires additional notices, it costs more. And when your lease requires less, it costs less. But anyway, she's the source. So first of all, Leslie Mendoza, the encyclopedia. Hi,
2: Andrew. Hey, Leslie. Hi, Andrew. Uh, Hi, Lauren.
0: Here's what we want to know. We own, pretend, we own a single family house that we rent out. The tenants are John and Wilma. John and Wilma have not paid their rent. They're still in the term of their lease, meaning their lease isn't expired, but they haven't paid their rent in six months. You wrote a blog at blog.libatlaw.com, blog.libatlaw.com, and you wrote a blog, and I'm seeming to read that I can now sue them to evict them. Is that true? Tell me.
2: So they haven't paid their rent since May.
0: Since no, May. And since May, but their lease is still going. Their lease has another three months on it. But these fools, uh, uh, Wilma is the worst, I got to tell you. Wilma the tenant. Wilma the tenant. Yeah, Wilma. She, she's my make-believe person. And if you know a Wilma, it's my make-believe. So maybe you like your Wilma. My Wilma's a pig, this Wilma. She hasn't paid me in six months, Leslie. And I want to evict her. And every time I say, you owe me money, you know what she writes back? Governor Cuomo says you can't evict me. Can I evict her?
2: So it depends. So one thing, if it's only non-payment, if she only didn't pay her rent, you can only commence a non-payment proceeding against her, but you won't be able to get a warrant of eviction. Whoa, 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 You get a money
0: judgment. Stop, 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 stop. I lost you at warrant of eviction. Well, I didn't lose you. I'm a litigator. But I know the audience lost you, everyone. So I need to back up for a second. What are you talking about?
2: So when you start an eviction proceeding, your main goal really is to get the warrant of eviction. The warrant of eviction is a piece of paper that basically tells the sheriff or the marshal that they can evict, actually evict the tenant. I like that goal. So when you start the eviction proceeding, aside from the money that you're trying to get back, you're also trying to get them out of the place. And that's the piece of paper that you want. Under the Tenant Safe Harbor Act, during if, if your tenant is suffering a financial hardship during COVID, which is from March seventh to January 1, 2021, you won't be able to get that piece of paper. All you're going to get is a money judgment, and that's it.
0: Well, I'm confused. Right How come now. you just said to me, if my tenant is suffering a financial hardship under the Tenant Safe Harbor Act, I can't get anything besides a money judgment? But Wilma's a fool. She's not suffering any any hardship. Wilma just don't want to pay me.
2: So at that point, it's going to depend on the judge whether to grant Wilma whether to grant you a warrant of eviction. So it really depends if Wilma raises an affirmative defense that she's suffering a financial hardship, and the court would look into factors such as how much she was making before COVID or during COVID, or if she's. Eligible for any unemployment insurance or whatsoever. So, I'm but thinking, really, it depends on the judge. Whether is there a to threshold, judgment or
1: Lauren? Something. You
0: can't talk over Leslie. This is Leslie, the ruthless <laughs> I so litigator. I know you do. Lauren's like trying to. She's shushing me with her hand. <laughs> she's right. like, "I gotta know." So, Lauren, you have the floor. I have a free consult with my my encyclopedia right okay. here. You ask Leslie the questions, but I want to just unwind something before you ask the questions. Leslie said the tenant safe harbor is an affirmative defense. That means there's no impediment for you bringing. There's nothing that stops. You from starting the case. The issue is whether the tenant alleges that they're having a financial hardship from COVID. And if they don't, you could get the warrant of affection. Is that true, Leslie? Correct. All right. Lauren, you have the floor.
1: Okay. So there are financial hardships with people that lost their jobs, that were sick, their family member was sick. Those are all understandable. But then there's people that are taking advantage of the system and they might maybe have a reduced salary of what they were making before still well above what it would cost to pay their rent but they don't like the fact that they have a reduced salary even though they can still afford their bills on the rent and they don't want to pay rent because they weren't making that same amount that they were making before are they going to qualify basically is there a threshold of a minimum amount or ratio of rent to income that would make this change
0: so just to regroup what you're saying lauren i think i understand and you'll tell me if, if i'm getting you assuming that les we hire leslie and we say leslie wilma's not been paying us that pig and leslie says i'll evict her and leslie starts off the lawsuit and leslie you'd start off by doing what's called a predicate notice which is like a notice under the, the statute that you have to give them that if they don't do xyz pay me etc by this date that you're going to start an eviction proceeding is that correct so far
2: Correct. But with that notice, I'll also send a five-day notice of non-payment, which is also required by law if Got you're it. starting a non-payment proceeding.
0: Great. So five days expire, Lauren, mm-hmm. and then Leslie sends what's called the pleadings to start the action. Is that the next step? Is that correct?
2: So really, it's a five-day notice that we serve with a 14-day 14 fourteen-day notice to cure. And then once the 14 days expire, then we can start the lawsuit, which is By filing the petition and the notice of petition.
0: So just so I'm hearing, there's three steps. Step one is five day notice. Step two is 14 day notice. Step three is notice of petition and petition to start the lawsuit. And these steps have to happen before we even in court. Is that correct? Correct. And that's how you do a residential eviction. And then assuming, and this is where Lauren's question gets interesting, assuming the tenant walks their fanny into court and Wilma tells the judge or writes a pleading her answer and she says, I heard that Cuomo protected me and the, it's not, not even Cuomo, it's a New York state law, but the, Cuomo has something to do with it. Tenants say, Farback protects me, blah, 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 blah. Assuming they did this, that's when Lauren's question is applicable. But if the tenant says nothing and the tenant just says, I don't owe the money, then they're not protected from anything right now residentially. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so the tenant does that. And the tenant says, I'm protected by the tenant safe harbor. And what Lauren wants to understand, I think, and Lauren, you correct me if I'm wrong, is Lauren wants to understand, is there a degree of hardship? What does hardship really mean? Lauren's stuck on the word hardship. She's saying hardship's so relative. Like if you were making lots of money and you didn't just get your bonus now, do you have a hardship? If you got a salary reduction, do you have a hardship? If you're not allowed to have overtime, do you have a hardship? What in the world does hardship mean? And where is the threshold? where's the line and how do i know basically what lauren wants to know is how do i get rid of wilma tell us
1: (laughs) because wilma's still
2: working
0: (laughs) off the books we know
2: there is no there is no threshold right now um we'd have to wait for a case to come out and have a judge decide whatever threshold there is but right now the judge has factors to consider can you go for them like i said which i like which like i said earlier would be their income prior to COVID, their income right now, um, if they have any assets, or if they're receiving cash assistance or unemployment insurance, unemployment assistance from the government. So those are things that the court has to consider. And if they think that this, pers- this the tenant's is just really trying to get out of the, of paying their rent, they are. The judge would probably not, not um, believe their defense and strike that. And then you can you may be able to get your warrant of eviction. But even if the judge goes through these factors, that doesn't make a difference in terms of their liability under the lease. They, they'd still be liable for the full amount. They would not get in, any discount.
0: We're going to go back to the liability in a little while, but I want to just walk this through one more time. I'm a landlord of a residential property. Maybe I have multifamily residential, maybe, but it's the numbers don't make sense to sue them for the money judgment. Most landlords in residential know. They say, listen, I'd love the money. I want the money. But when I find out the cost to actually go and get the money, it's not worthwhile. And when I'm saying that, Leslie, is that is that because you can't get future rent in a summary proceeding? Do you know what I mean by future rent?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: So when we can't get future rent, what we're saying is if there's still five months left on the lease, you can't get the remaining five months in uh, eviction proceeding. Is that correct? Correct. And you'd have to bring a secondary proceeding after. And additionally, you can't get things that are called like additional rent. Like you couldn't go and say, hey, I want my water bill. I want my landscaping bill. All you could get is like the real base rent in an eviction proceeding. And you'd have to go into another action, that plenary action we talked about before to get the future rent, to get even attorney's fees potentially later on. So what most landlords on the small end, when I say small end, they're not renting for $10,000 a month. They're renting for like 1000 $1, thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, 1500 2000 something like that. When they're renting on these numbers and someone hasn't paid for six months, that's maybe at most $12,000. What they really want, Leslie, and you speak to them all the time, you take these consults at our office all the time. What they really want is get rid of Wilma. Isn't that really their main goal?
2: Yeah. Really, their main goal is to stop stop the bleeding. They don't want the tenant to stay there and continue incurring the rent that they think that they'll never get paid. All they want is to get a new tenant and get their money and be able to rent it and maybe pay their mortgage again. Um, These landlords are not, you know, they're not rich people. They're not insanely rich that they have enough money to cover their mortgage and also the mortgage for the rental property. So all they want to do is get the current tenants out so they can re-rent the property.
0: So here's the advice we need. Lauren and I are here right now and we have a tenant, Wilma, in my make-believe world. And it's a single family house and she's renting and she's paying $2,000 a month. She owes us $12,000. I want her out. Should I start and hire you to do that five-day notice and the 14-day notice and the notice of petition and the petition, should I hire an attorney like you? It doesn't even have to be you. Should I be hiring an attorney? Should I be doing it myself? Should I be doing this now? Or does this tenant safe harbor thing say, now is not the time? I want to know if this tenant safe harbor, is this a barrier or should I get going?
2: If you really, have a good idea about the tenant's income and you know that that person's really just trying to get out of paying the rent. And I do think that the next step for you is to start a non-payment proceeding. But I don't think, I don't advise you to do it on your own because if you're not an attorney, there's so many things that that could go wrong that could delay the whole but we should start and even get it dismissed.
0: But we should start start
2: right now. Next question. Um, Leslie, I got another
0: question. Because I read that the Trump guy, the Trump man, the Trumpolini, put out a moratorium himself through the CDC. And I know you've read about this. The Centers for Disease Control apparently considers people being homeless to be a public health crisis. And they have their own moratorium. And you keep only telling me about a tenant safe harbor. Should I be concerned about a CDC thingy?
2: So the CDC order, you should be concerned about it if the tenant gives you a declaration that says that um, they're trying their best efforts to how to get money and that they're earning less than ninety nine thousand or per per individual or one ninety eight if they're filing joint taxes for twenty twenty. But if I don't so get the
0: declaration, three, if I don't get this declaration, if they don't give me an affirmative thing, do they have anything from the CDC?
2: No. So if they don't give you that declaration saying all these things that they're suffering a hardship um, due to COVID, then they're not eligible or they're not a covered person under the CDC order. So the CDC moratorium, which um, prohibits evictions for covered persons until December 31st, 2020, wouldn't apply to your tenant
0: good next question so we got rid of the New York State tenant safe harbor we got rid of the CDC I heard Fannie and Freddie do something do I have to worry about them
2: so if you have a um, if your mortgage is backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or it's insured by the FHA then yes because the FHA, these three entities prohibit also prohibit eviction until the 31st of December.
0: So if I have a Fannie Freddie or FHA mortgage, I can't do an eviction until the 31st of December. But if I own this house free and clear, I have a loan that is being kept by my bank. It's not a Fannie Freddie. It's not a FD, uh, uh, FHA. I'm sorry. F- Thank you, Leslie. see my brain. FHA loan. I'm good. Next question Are there any executive orders in New York State that are stopping me from doing an eviction today?
2: So, right now, there are none.
0: For Next question.
2: Orders, all of them are already expired.
0: Next question. Beyond the executive orders from the executive branch, like the governor, the chief administrative law judge makes what's called administrative orders. Are there any administrative orders that are stopping me?
2: No. So, they were recently suspensions that were recently lifted by the court a couple days ago. So, you're good.
0: So, is what we're hearing today, right now, we're making news. Does everyone understand? Am I understanding that if you are a residential landlord, there's absolutely nothing that stops you from bringing a eviction proceeding unless your tenant gave you a declaration under the CDC, you have a Fannie Freddie or FHA mortgage, there's absolutely nothing that stops you from commencing starting the action. Is that correct, Leslie? Correct. And then in New York state, if you do start the action, there's a chance the tenant is going to say they're protected from this tenant safe harbor, but they would have to do that themselves. And as Lauren says, what is really a hardship? Is that correct? Correct. Exactly. So if what I'm understanding right now from you today is that if a landlord in New York state is has a tenant that's not paying in a residential fashion, they should number one, check their mortgage. Number two, It's always a good idea to make sure you don't have all your ducks in a row, like you have a rental permit, you complied with your security deposit rules, you didn't turn off the heat on them, do a self-help eviction, but really, after they check their mortgage to make sure it's not Fannie, Freddie, or FHA, I can't even speak anymore, they should be starting the lawsuit with a five-day notice, the 14-day notice, the notice of petition, and the petition, and get Wilma out, am I right? Leslie, you've just made my day. Thank you. And thank you on behalf of all of our listeners. That was Leslie Mendoza. We call her the encyclopedia over at Libet Law. Thanks so much. They're booting us off to take a break, but we're going to be back after the break talking about a new New York state law about the requirements to let people use an employee-only bathroom, even if they're not employees. Stay with us. Have you ever dreamed of owning a rental property? Flipping a hole. Opening a successful business. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee.